Let's continue our study in the book of Ecclesiastes. We started chapter 11, verse 9, through chapter 12, verse 7, in a message titled, Serve Him Now. But it's been a couple weeks, so I'm going to go ahead and read the passage again. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, starting at verse 9, and reading down through chapter 12 and verse 7. Solomon writes, Rejoice! O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the way of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble and the strong men shall bow themselves and the grinders cease because they are few and those that look out of the windows be darkened and the doors shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of grinding is low, he shall rise up at the voice of a bird and all the daughters of music shall be brought low. Also, when they shall be afraid of that which is high and fear shall be in the way, and the almond tree shall flourish, and the grasshopper shall be a burden, and desire shall fail, because man goeth to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Wherever the silver cord is loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So we see the need for serving God now, and... Remember, Solomon, when he was younger, God gave him and said, what is it you desire? He asked for wisdom, but he wasted many years in the vanity of wealth, fame, fortune, women, and pleasure. (coughs) And now he's pleading young people to put off the vanity and serve God while they are young. When we were together last, we noticed in verse 9, the reminder of God's judgment. And that's how far we got last time. This time we're going to look in verse 10 at the removal of sorrow. And then the rest of the passage will deal with the remember that we are to remember our creator. We need to serve him while there is time. And I'll tell you, I believe our time is getting short. Now, I don't know how short it is. I don't know how much time we have, but we should live every day as today could be the last day that I have here on earth. So as we talked about the reminder of God's judgment in verse 9, we saw the warning against the choices youth make. Many times, the youth try to follow their heart, try to, they make foolish decisions thinking, I got time, I'll get things right later. I've even heard that by people. I'm going to live my life, I'll get right with God later. You're not promised later. You're not promised tomorrow. You don't know if you're going to have that time. And your heart and eyes will naturally follow fleshly desires. And if you live a life sowing to the flesh, you're going to reap the effects of living for the flesh. Whether it be poor health, whether it be an early death, or just the guilt of carrying around the, or the scars that come from uh, living a life in sin. Now, I'm glad God can forgive us of the guilt, but you can't remove those scars once they're there. We saw the sin's pleasures are only temporary. 
we examined how Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions of God's people than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And then we also examined that all are going to stand before God in judgment. And I'm glad the judgment in which we will stand, Christian, is not the same as what the lost individual will stand. So that brings us to verse 10 in our second point, the removal of sorrow. He says, Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Again, living a wicked, sinful life is going to bring a life of sorrow. While people say they're having fun, the truth is, is when you get many individuals alone, they will admit that their life is empty, that the things that they thought would bring pleasure don't. Sin, Satan loves to deceive us into believing that somehow we're going to find satisfaction in sin. There will be temporary pleasure, but there'll be lasting regret. So we need to put away childishness. He says, Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, put away from evil flesh, uh, evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Did not Paul write in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. It is fun sometimes to talk to young people because children have a very childlike understanding. And sometimes to listen to children talk with the understanding they have is sometimes humorous. Sometimes interesting how smart they really are. But here's the problem. Children still are learning how to deal with a lot of situations in life. And sometimes don't always make the best choices in dealing with things or, or they allow their emotions to take control, whatever the case may be. But here's the problem. When we grow up, childishness is no longer funny. But we live in a whole uh, society today that has a bunch of people that have age, but they still act like a bunch of children. And the childishness needs to be put away. It's time to grow up. Now, being an adult doesn't mean you can't have any fun. It doesn't mean you can't have, you know, joke around. It doesn't mean you can't uh, have things in life that you enjoy. But it means you need to take responsibility for your own actions. There's an incredible thought. And we need to make a choice to grow up and put off the childishness. We need to not allow our lives to be dictated by emotion. We need to be able to have sound reasoning. We need to be able to think beyond just right now. Because you ask a child, when's the best time to have the ice cream cone? It is right now. I'm 48 and I still haven't gotten past that one. But anyhow, I'm supposed to say at my age, well, after dinner, of course, because I don't want to ruin my appetite and I'm going to eat my vegetables first. However... That might have not been the best example in acting like an adult and not a child. <laughs> but sin will bring sorrow. Many 
Young people I know have ruined their lives with foolish choices. When I was in stationed at uh, Willow Grove, I was on the color guard. Yes, I was thin enough to be on the color guard. And we had um, a lot of veterans in the area, and it was wintertime. We were doing a lot of funerals, and it just seemed like there were one right after another after another. And I remember a Friday joking with another one of the sailors saying, well, we'll see you Monday because, you know, there'll end up being another funeral and didn't realize that that would be the last time I ever talked to him. He was down in a bad section of Philadelphia and got shot. And so, yes, the next week we had a funeral, his. When I was in San Diego in Hospital Corman Basic, we had a young man who was uh, accepted for BUDS training. He was going to train to be a SEAL. But he and some other guys were out on one of the cliffs over, over one of the bays there in uh, California. And on a dare, he jumped off the cliff. And when he hit the water, broke his back. Did not make it to BUDS training. Without getting crass, when we deployed to Africa tried training these Marines that, I forget the percentage, but it was well over, I think, 80% of the prostitutes in the country where we're going to were HIV positive. Yet, I had a Marine come to me bragging, hey, Doc, guess what? I'm like, well, guess what for you? We get to do an STD test on you. And by the way, there used to be a saying over at 252, what happens on the road stays on the road. And there were many of the men that as soon as we would get on the aircraft and pull off their wedding ring, because they had no intention of remaining faithful to their wife while they were deployed. We had a young Marine when we were over in Africa. Again, as we're given the briefing, we're trying to tell them how important it is to take this prophylaxis because it could save their life because where we're going, most of the mosquitoes have malaria. And they will, you will end up getting malaria if you do not take this prophylaxis. Or actually, it didn't prevent you from getting it, but it could save your life getting, taking this prophylaxis. But one guy didn't like the side effects of it, so he chose not to take it. Well, had the firemen carry him over to the hospital when we got back to Rhoda. Insisted he got a malaria test. He, had, he was positive malaria. When we left to come back to the States, we left him behind because he was getting medevac to Germany, and the Red Cross had called his family to come and say goodbye to their son. All because he refused to listen. Now, he did survive, but he ended up getting kicked out of the Marine Corps because the malaria had destroyed his body. So the CEO used him as an example. I went over to the squadron one day, and I saw this Marine in the middle of the hangar, and so I ran up to him and found out it was this same guy who refused to take his prophylaxis and I was like, well, let me help you. He goes, you're not allowed. I'm like, what do you mean I'm not allowed? He says, the CEO told me if I have to crawl, he showed me a chit that the CEO had made. He had to get a signature from every single shop, and he had to go into the shop and say, this is what happens to a Marine who refuses to listen to his corpsman. Please sign here. I really felt bad for him, but nobody's allowed to help him. He had to crawl from shop to shop, and his two decks on, on either side of the hangar and he had to go down every one of them and get signed on his chit after he announced to them, this is what happens to a Marine who refuses to listen to his corpsman. 
You, would you believe I didn't have a problem with most of the other Marines after they saw that? Now, I, I, it's bad that he had to be made an example of, but the point being is we sometimes living in sin think somehow I'm going to be the exemption to the rule. I'm going to, it's not going to affect me. And he thought somehow it doesn't matter. I'm not going to take this medicine, but if I get bit by a mosquito, it's not going to affect me. Well, guess what? It did. But if we rather will live a life for Christ, we can live a life with no regrets. See, we need to be constantly reminded, life is short. Life is short. You know, I often think, what would it be like for those that are like 100 years old right now? Think of being born in 1922. That was a different world than 2022. But do you realize in the scope of mankind on this earth, somewhere between six to 10,000 years, we'll give you that window anyhow, okay? Somewhere in there. What is 100 years? It's not much. Psalm 39, 5 says, Behold, thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and my age is nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Selah. The word selah has the idea, stop and think about that. My days are as a handbreadth. Now, my big bear paws, it might be a little bit wider than some others, but the idea is, it's not, still not very much, is it? Not very long. Life is short. Use our time wisely. So then Solomon continues on. Verse 12. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Remember God while you are young. Learn now to place your focus on him. Choose to serve him now. And think of young examples in the scripture. Think of Joseph, who was a young man when his brother sold him into slavery. David was a young man when he made the choice to stand against Goliath. And by the way, even his brothers who were in the army sitting there saying, you naughty little boy, you're just here to you know, see what's going on in the war. And David's like, is there not a cause? Who's going to stand against it? Think about this. Saul's army standing there shaking in their boots. And it's a little boy who says, I'll take out that giant. Not because David thought he was anything, but because David knew that this Philistine was blaspheming God and that it was, it was to glorify God. And he stood before a giant. Now, Goliath, over 10 feet tall. You know, anybody been next to some of these basketball players that are, that are like 7 feet tall? I mean, they're, they're pretty up there. But imagine 10 feet tall. That's a whole lot of dude. Our ceilings out in the hallway are 10 feet. He wouldn't fit in here, okay? Daniel. We already talked about Daniel not too long ago, about how he purposed in his heart he would not defile himself with the king's meat. Again, remember when Nebuchadnezzar came and took the best of Jerusalem, okay? The parents didn't say, okay, here you go, have our child. No, more than likely, Daniel had seen his parents killed, and Daniel is put in charge of the prince of the eunuchs. What does that tell you they did to Daniel? Yet he said, 
I still will serve God. And all these were young when they made this choice. You know, we try to make these excuses. Well, they're just so young, they can't make the right choice. Baloney. Stop making excuses for them, parents. Teach them at a young age how to make the right choice. And help them understand, at a young age, making bad choices has consequences. Well, let's move on. Then Solomon goes through this description of old age. He says again, verse 1, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Okay, how many times do you hear older people saying, oh, I wish I were young again because, you know, everything hurts. And, oh, everything, you know, I don't have the energy I used to. And, and okay, they don't have pleasure in the older days, right? You know, they say that getting old is not for sissies. And, you know, as things start to hurt a little bit, and I hear it only gets better as you get older, right? It's, uh, it's not as much fun as everybody thought it would be, I guess. While the sun or the light or the moon or the stars be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the days when the keeper of the house shall tremble. The keeper of the house. The arms, they get weak, right? Older people don't have the same physical strength they had when they were younger. And the strong men bow themselves. How many elderly have to use a cane or a walker? or a wheelchair, because the legs don't work. The strong men don't, they, they bow. They don't hold up anymore, right? And the grinders cease because they are few. There's not as many teeth as there used to be. You know, the toothbrush was invented in West Virginia because in any other state it would have been a teeth brush. But anyhow, it's what this talking about. The grinders cease because they are few. I've met some because there are no teeth anymore. They either gum everything or they have to have everything pureed so they can get it down. The grinders cease because they are few, and those that look out the windows be darkened. Those that look through the lips, those that are left, are dark. And the doors shall shut in the streets. When the sound of grinding is low, he shall rise up, and the voice of the bird and all the daughters of music should be brought low. Isn't it interesting that... Rise up at the voice of a bird. Sleep is easily interrupted. You notice the older you get, the more things will just wake you up in the middle of the night. But at the same point, music is brought low. You know, what used to be good on the radio at 20 or now have to be 50 or whatever, right? Because you can't hear it like you used to hear it. Got to turn it up louder. My wife is always saying, you can't hear that? No. Because... I don't know how many others, probably many in this room, have tinnitus too. So, you know, you just get this wonderful in your ear. Isn't that beautiful? The sound of grinding is low. They have a hard time chewing food. Verse 5, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. I'm not going to tell my illustration of that one. But I did realize that I'm not as good with heights as I used to be not too long ago. The almond tree shall flourish. Mine just departed. So did Charlie's. But the hair turns gray. The grasshopper shall be a burden. Again, just a loss of physical strength. And desire shall fail. The desires of youth are no longer. 
because men goeth to his long home and the mourners go about the streets. They go to the grave. That's an interesting description of old age, isn't it? A little bit depressing when you sit there and study out that whole description of old age that Solomon gives. But what's his point? His point goes back to verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. When you have the energy, when you have the strength, when you're not fearful of heights, when you have all your teeth, when you can see well, when you can hear well, when you can do all those things, use use that time, use that energy to serve God. Because the day's going to come when old age is going to set in and all these things Solomon describes start setting in on you and you're going to wish that you had used your time for God sooner. Verse 6, Or ever the silver cord be loosed, or the golden bowl be broken, or the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. If the Lord should tarry, guess what? Every one of us is going to be planted back in the dirt. That should remind us of the urgency to serve God now. Now. Because I don't know what tomorrow may bring. My wife and I were heading to the bank earlier today. And this lady coming out of the ABC store just... I saw her coming out, and it didn't look like she was slowing down, so I started slowing down, and she just pulls right out in front of me, and I lay on the horn. I finally got to stop right up against her car, and she just looks at me and goes, what do you mean, wait a minute? You're sitting right in front of me in my lane. But you know, we were not too far from hitting her. Now, thank God we didn't, but if I wasn't paying attention, we could have sideswiped that car, and who knows what could have happened. The point being is I could be in eternity right now, right? We don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. The Lord could come. Something could happen. We could be in eternity. We must use our time today to serve God. And by the way, this whole description of old age, after he tells After he says, remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. This is the youngest you're ever going to get. You only get older from here. You got to be at least that smart to be able to preach, right? Okay. No, but the point being is, seriously, this is the youngest you're ever going to get. You can't undo what you did or did not do yesterday. It's gone. You can't dwell there. Don't live with in the past. Don't live with the regrets of the past. It's gone. But you can change what you're going to do today. And tomorrow, if God gives you tomorrow, you can change what you're going to do tomorrow. And you can live each day from here forward for him. Stop living in the past. Stop using excuses of the past. But use your time wisely starting now. Use what energy you have Now, it is interesting. I don't know why they insist kindergartners take naps. Because I've never met a kindergartner that actually wants to sleep. But I will tell you, as I get older, if my workday included a nap, that would be fantastic. (laughs) 
So serve God now while you're young and vibrant. Do not wait till you're old and can not do the things that you can now do. And by the way, let's not let old age become a, an excuse or a deterrent from serving God. Think of Lewis and Judy Young, who I believe now are in their 80s and still over there in Papua New Guinea, translating scriptures, still dealing with the issues in the churches there in the area, still going. I've met folks who, I remember a man at one church we went to who had been a army ranger and had some serious back injuries from uh, his service. And there were many times when he was not able to get out of bed because of the pain and he would suffer from severe headaches and everything else. Let me tell you something. He never stopped praying. If you wanted somebody to pray for you, he would pray for you. And when he was able to get out of bed, he would be at church. And when he was able to do any type of physical activity, he was involved in the church. He never made an excuse why he couldn't. So let's not use, let's not make excuses. But let's remember the time we have, we need to use it wisely for him. Let us bow for a word of prayer.